your Bibles, the wonderful Gospel of Luke, chapter number 19, and we'll begin reading in verses 1 down through verse number 10. When you get there, you can say amen. amen. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. If you will, underline that in your Bible. He was rich. We're going to come back to that. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, he saw him, and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Let's pray. Father, what a wonderful privilege and opportunity that we have to feast upon, to digest, to, uh, Father God, to honor your word. We stand, Father, this morning as a representation, Father God, that your word is everlasting, life-changing, and we're to honor it. And Father, we know that your word brings life. Your word creeps into the darkest places, and, and Lord God, you open the hearts of men that they might behold and see truth. And so today, Lord, we're standing today because we want to hear a word from you. Will you please speak to us by your Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to empower me right now. Take control of my mind and my thoughts, that what I say, what I speak, Father, is accurate as it comes from the Spirit of God. Use me now, I pray. Father, we give you praise. And all God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We're beginning a brand new series this morning entitled Mission Impossible. Uh, some of you may remember that. Uh, I grew up watching Mission Impossible. How many of you ever remember seeing that TV show? Too young. Too young. I, I hear you. Uh, yeah, I may get some anointing oil there. <laughs> uh, but uh, how many know that what's impossible with men is possible with God? Men cannot save themselves. And so in this series, we're going to be taking a look at the life, the work, the nature, and the mission 
of Jesus Christ. And how does that relate to us as people of God? Uh, this is what I call a season of Easter. How many know that for us, Easter is not about uh, bunnies and eggs? Amen. Uh, you know, we're not, you know, we're not worshiping the eggs or the bunnies. It's, we're just looking to bring light to a dark world. Amen. Amen. And we want to use every opportunity that God give us and uh, use as a platform in order to express and to show the greatness of our God. Uh, as you know, um, when you look at scripture, and I uh, love reading the word, and, but when you examine scripture very closely, one of the things you discovered about Jesus is that Jesus was very, very focused in what he did. Um, how many know he healed the sick? Uh, he, he, uh, he ministered to the needs of the people. Uh, Jesus, he even reasoned and debated with those who wanted to confront him. But make no mistake about it, Jesus did what he did because he was on a mission to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. In fact, everything that he did was for that reason, was that he was seeking to save him who was lost. How I many you know there's a lot of lost people around us today? A lot of them. And we must carry on that mission, seeking to save that which was lost. It's what drove him to do the things that he did. If you remember in Timothy, a young Timothy was a young preacher, pastor, and Paul spoke to Timothy. Y'all remember the scripture? He said, preach the word in season, out of season. In other words, when they want to hear it and when they don't want to hear it, preach it anyway. But he also told him to do the work of an evangelist. In other words, make sure that you're reaching out to people with the good news of the gospel. You know, one of my biggest fears is that we can get so busy doing church stuff. Y'all know what church stuff is. We can just get so busy doing church stuff that we forget why we're doing what we're doing. See, how many know that I'm looking right now at a, at a camera on the iPhone? Hallelujah. You got somebody over here that's working PowerPoint. You got ushers at the door. You got children working in the children's ministry. You got people dropping grapes and hospitality and stuff like that on the floor. Y'all didn't see that. You didn't catch that. Hallelujah. I caught it. Uh, in other words, we got all kinds of things happening. But you know why we do what we do at the end of the day? We do it to reach people, to seek and to save that which was lost. If we lose sight of that, then our mission is compromised. You hear me? If we lose sight of why we're here on the planet, if we just do stuff and we forget, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be engaging in order to reach my generation. If we miss that, then we become just another club. We become just another people that's doing another activity to gather up some space. But I mean, no, I, I don't want to just be a person that's just, just, just here. I want to make a difference. You want to make a difference. I believe that because you wouldn't be here if you did not want to make a difference. I said a second ago that as a pastor, I love teaching the word of God. I, I mean, I, I really love teaching. I love reading. I love learning. It's just so exciting to me. But, you know, as a pastor, and, and I say this with love. Everybody say, Pastor loves me. Pastor. You got to believe that because I really do. Um, I am not interested in feeding overstuffed saints. 
while the world around me is going to hell. I'm just not interested in that. I'm not interested in, you know how some folks, just give me the word, give me the word. Some people got so much word, they're overweight. And they can't move. The word must be exercised. Come on. The word of God must be exercised. So now then, when I get this word, the question is, where is the application? Am I doing what I'm hearing or reading? That is the answer. I, I love it when, when you folks come up to me. I really do. I, I love it when you say, Pastor, that was a good word. That blessed me. You know, I love to hear that. It encourages my heart. But you know the real acid test is whether or not the word that I preach was a good word was did it change you? Amen. Did it take you from where you were? Are you a changed person? Did, did you get something in there that changed the way you move, you live, the way that, that you thought? In other words, is it just another something that I hear that makes me feel good? Am I really listening to say, you know what, I, I, I need to make some changes in my life? How many know all of us need to make some changes, whether we want to admit it or whether we don't? All of us need to make some changes in our life. And so as a pastor, one of the jobs with pastors is to make you uncomfortable. I don't want to be a part of a people that just you know, complacent. Oh, we got a couple people say, you know, six months ago, that's good. No. I mean, no, we need to be constantly reaching, seeking, loving, sharing. And, and guess what? Here's the other part of it. Everybody is supposed to be involved in that. Matthew 28, 20. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. Make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's a mandate for every believer. So everybody is supposed to be involved in the process of reaching people. And here's, here's what I'm trying to say. There are people around us every day that are dying and are lost. I believe, I don't want to wait till I get to heaven and cry because there were people who were lost and I never shared the gospel with. So Part of what we want to do in this message this morning is to light a fire in all of us to say, wait a minute, watch this. If a chair is empty beside you, every one of us should be offended. And that you should make it your prayer to say, God, I'm going to reach out to somebody this week. Somebody is going to get saved in Jesus' name. Somebody's life is going to be impacted because I will not stand by with this treasure that I have, with this eternal life that I have, kick back, prop my feet up, and say, oh man, then you got to figure out a way to get yours. It is an offense to the gospel. It's offense to Christ. Jesus, as we said before, everything he did, he did with one thing in mind. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, and so it brings us to our story. I, I like this story. Zacchaeus. Now, when we talk about reaching people, I want you to keep this in mind. You can write it down or however you want to do it. But when we talk about reaching people, I want you to keep this in mind. Okay? Be where they are. Okay? If you're going to reach people, be where they are. You remember Moses was on the mountain. 
And when the people started acting up, God said, you need to go down there and, and take care of your people. Because they were Moses' people when they were acting up. <laughs> Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But, but God said to him, he said, look, God said to Moses, now you, you need to go down. I know you like being on the mountaintop with me and being in my presence. But you need to get down off the mountaintop. You need to come down and deal with the stuff that nobody liked to deal with. Because people are messy. Come on, people are dirty. People are dangerous. People, as we say sometimes, they, they get on my nerve. They do. You get on folk's nerve too. We all get on each other's nerves in some shape or form. But how many know that that does not mean that I am to excuse myself from being around, connecting around, watch this, not just people that I'm comfortable with like most of us do, but people that we're uncomfortable Sinners. That's right. Sinners. Yeah. Who are those folks? Sinners. Sinners. I mean, those wicked, evil people. I don't want to have nothing to do with those wicked, evil people. Because they're sinners. Alert, alert. Do you know what sinners do? What do sinners do? They sin, right? Um, Zacchaeus was a sinner. <laughs> Jesus is going through that way. The Bible says that as Jesus was coming, by the way where Zacchaeus was, he noticed him. Now, I want you to notice what it says that Jesus, in verse number 1 in chapter 19, says Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now, keep this in mind. Jesus did not have an appointment with Zacchaeus. Jesus did not get up and say, oh, today, I can't remember my little schedule. I'm going to meet with Zacchaeus today. Uh, no, he had no appointment. Jesus was simply, watch this, passing through. Jesus, everybody look this way, watch. Jesus was simply passing through. In other words, how many know that many of us are passing through all the time? Amen. You're passing through to go to Giant. You're passing through to go to work. You're passing through to go to the movies. You're passing through to have do certain activities. All of us are always passing through. You know, the best evangelism is when you're just what? Passing through. Now, so watch this. So Zacchaeus, Jesus is just passing through. And, and here is that Zacchaeus, the Bible describes him as a chief, if you have a King James Version, a publican. Or a publican is a tax collector. Now, this brother wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. Now, you got to understand back in those days, and so these folks were hired to collect taxes from the people, from the Jews. And they could charge them an amount because they were collecting taxes for the Roman government. That's what these folks did. And so what they would do oftentimes is they, they would collect taxes for the government, but they would charge them some crazy prices. Okay, y'all don't get that. They will steal for them. They would charge them more than what they should have been charging. They were taking people money. How I many you know what I'm talking about? IRS. Hallelujah. Every year you're trying to fill out your taxes to do what? You're trying to keep more of it, and they keep trying to what? Take it away. Now y'all get it. I get it. He 
was the chief tax collector. Now watch this. And so then that the people hated them. They were, so every time somebody saw a tax collector, he's a thief, he's a crook, he's dirty, he's nasty, don't want nothing to do with him. He's stealing my money. He's the reason why I can't pay my mortgage. He's the reason why I can't, where they drove, get a camel. Y'all help me. It's the best I can do. Sorry. Um, he, he's, the re he's the reason why, because he keeps stealing from me. They, they are tax collectors. They are nasty. And, and you know, the religious folk, they ain't want nothing to do with no tax collector. See, a tax collector, like, dude, get, get away from me, dude. Get, I don't want to have nothing to do with you. You're a thief. You're stealing from me. So, so tax collectors, they were hated. They were looked at as the bottom V. Nobody liked them. Oh, but, hmm, here comes Jesus. Jesus. Now, I want you to understand something. So here you have Zacchaeus, who hears about Jesus. Now, there's no dialogue between him and Jesus. None, zilch, zero. Zacchaeus decides to climb a sycamore tree. Because he just want to see who Jesus was. Obviously, there had been some communication, some, some information that he'd gotten about Jesus. But he was motivated enough to say, I'm, I'm going to jump up in this sycamore tree so that when he come by, I just want to see him because something was happening in his heart. You'll understand that in a second. Jesus now was always seeking to save. I mean, you got your radar on what you're seeking to say. Because when you're seeking to say, that means every place you go, you're praying that God, use me, use me, use me. Now watch. Jesus don't have an appointment with Zacchaeus. Jesus and Zacchaeus had not met up to that point. Zacchaeus jumps up in a tree. He wants to see Jesus. And Jesus just happened to see him. Zacchaeus! How many know Jesus just don't happen to see anything? See, everybody else saw a tax collector, a sinner, a pup. No, no, we don't have nothing to do with that guy. But Jesus saw something different. And, and, and by the way, he was rich. What does a rich man, what is a rich man doing hanging up in a sycamore tree? Obviously, something was happening in his heart, right? So, so Jesus, so watch this. So Jesus thinking. And he's, his mindset was, I came to seek and to save that which is law. He sees him. And as fate would have it, God was already working on his heart. And Jesus saw him. And Jesus says, I'm coming to your house today. He didn't get an invitation. He invited himself. And Zacchaeus start all of a sudden, watch this. He, he just start repenting of his sin. Because God was already working. God was already, okay, here's what I'm trying to say. There are Zacchaeuses all around you. Some of them are rich. Some of them are poor. But they are there and they just want somebody to call out to them and point them to the way. But you know how we, let me just do a snapshot of us. You know, this is how we, we would do it. We we're going to modernize it. We're going to bring it up to 2012. We're driving down the road, you know, you know, see a dude hanging up in the tree. 
He's like in the sugar, in the oak tree down Garrisonville Road. You be up on the phone, honey. What, baby? You won't be. I saw this nut, this crazy nut hanging up in a, up in the tree, just looking crazy. I don't know what's wrong. People are just crazy. We probably say that, right? I mean, honestly, let's be honest. If you're down on the road, you see a man on Gatsby Road hanging up in a tree, looking, you'd be like, he's a nut. Jesus said, no, he, he, he ain't a nut. He needs salvation. I say again, Jesus just passing through. And because he is thinking, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. See, here's, here's the problem with us. We get so busy with our stuff that I, you know, I got to get to the grocery store. And, and these are legitimate things, right? We're not talking about sinful things. We just get busy. I, I got to go to the grocery store. I got to do this errand. I got to do this errand. And sometimes we get so busy we want nobody to get in our way. And all the while, if you just look up, there's some Zacchaeus is hanging in the tree Jesus. saying, can you tell me something about that? Now, everybody else will think, the guy's rich. He don't need, he's, he's cool. He ain't going to receive the gospel. How do you know that? How do you know? Because Zacchaeus was ready. How many other religious folk saw that same man up in the tree that said, you know, but Jesus, because he came to seek and to save that which was lost, he says, come down because salvation is coming to you today. He starts repenting of his sin. See, that's why I tell you, folks, learn to witness and share the gospel with people. Be discerning. And know who God is working on already. See, God will show you. When you just open your mouth, you just open your eyes. Watch this. But we have to get up in the morning, and our prayer must be, Lord, I need to be used. Father, I know I'm going to the grocery store, but on the way, if there happened to be somebody need to hear the gospel, Lord, will you please use me? Make open my eyes. I don't, I, mean, I don't want to walk around and knowing that this guy, he was on the edge, people. He was ready. He, he was ready to give his life. And Jesus, and Jesus said to him, this is going to be your day. This man gets saved. Now watch this. Look at verse number seven. How many know that that always complainers? You know, whenever you get serious about sharing the gospel, there are always going to be those that are going to come complain. They're going to criticize. And usually it's the people, it's the church. Church folk, because we, we hard on each other. Church folk, we love to talk about other church folk. We're church folk, we'll argue about little stuff while everybody else just falling off like flies. We're good. We have our argument. Watch this. Look at this. Verse 7. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, watch, watch what they said. Here's what they said. Here's the issue. Not that this man, who was a thief, they should have been happy that the brother said, look, they were in such darkness. They should have been happy that the brother said, look, I'm going to give back everything I've taken fourfold. I'm the thief. I'm ready to give it back. They should have been like, thank you, Lord. No, they said, no, no, they ain't seen none of that. They said, wait a minute. He is going to go eat with a guy who's a sinner? Are you serious? Seriously? Jesus, you're, you're eating with, with, with that? And it baffled them. They could not see the eternal value 
Because they didn't see as Jesus see. You see, here's what trying, Jesus saw. Here's what I'm trying to get us to understand. We got to have an evangelistic mindset, and we got to be ready and available, and your best evangelism is as you go. Just talk to people. But how many know that if you're a recluse, you never talk? Some people say, well, it's safe, because that way I don't have to deal with attitudes. Yeah, that's okay. But that ain't what God called you to be, called you to do. He called you to engage. He called us to reach out. And so here they are, they're complaining. How many of us would go in a house and eat with a sinner? How many of us really, I mean honestly, would say, you know what, I'll go, in fact, no, 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 but I'll invite you over with my Christian friends. In fact, I'll come to your house next door neighbor with all your earrings and your mouth and your lips and all the tattoos covering your whole body and you smoking cigarettes and you smell, I'll come to your house. See, I had to make it real, didn't I? Because let's be honest, most of us will be like, wait, uh, ah. But you know, Jesus came and died for dirty people. And, and you know, you ain't really all that clean yourself. You just think you're clean. Only clean you got on you is the blood of Jesus. If it wasn't for his blood, you'd be just as dirty as the guy or the woman that you said is filthy and dirty. Every one of us. The Bible says our righteousness is like a filthy what? Every one of us. If it were not for the grace of God. Nobody can have any claim to being right and perfect and clean. But it's amazing. We get saved. We don't, we don't want to have nothing to do with them dark people. How many of you just, every now and then, just, just, just say, you know what, wherever there's some sin folks, some sinners, some people are, I'm just going to go hang out. That's kind of what Jesus did. Jesus said, I'm just going to Galilee, going to Jericho. And as I go, I'm going to preach to somebody. Watch this. I want, I, want you to, I want you to turn with me to someplace else. Watch this. Now, Turn with me to John chapter number four, real quick. I hope you're thinking, because we're in a season right now whereby we're going to have an opportunity to talk to some people. You remember the story of the woman at the well. Jesus had this encounter with her. Now, I want, I want to read you. Look at this, uh, John chapter four, starting verse number three. Because how many you know that if you want to know how to share your faith, then we need to look at the one who modeled it for us. Amen. Right? We need to look at Jesus. Watch what he does. Now, look at verse number three in John chapter four. And he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Watch this. But he needed to go through Samaria. All right? So where was he going? For y'all who's paying attention, where was he going? He was going where? Galilee. He was going to Galilee. I heard somebody say, he was going to Galilee. And what did he need to go through? Samaria. Samaria. Okay. So he's going what? Through Samaria. None said that he was going to pitch a tent. None said that he rented a holiday, holiday inn and Marriott stay. I doubt if they had that back in those days. He just needed to go through. Now watch. So he came. 
to a city of Samaria, which is called Sinchar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, watch this, being wearied from his journey, right? He was just tired. Set thus by the well, and it was about the ninth hour. Now underline, he was tired. <laughs> Y'all know I'm going with this, right? How many of you are tired? I mean, it's okay to be honest. How many of you just get tired? Hey, everybody get tired. I get tired. Yeah, don't, don't, you know. Come on, let's be honest. Now, Jacob well was there. Jesus, therefore, in verse 6, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now, now understand something here. Jesus is tired. He's going through Samaria. Now, you must understand something about the Samaritans. The Samaritans and the Jews, they did not get along too well because the Samaritans were considered half-breeds because these were Jews that married Gentiles. So, I mean, there was racial prejudice even then, all the way back then. And so the Jews had nothing to do with Samaritan people. Well, Pastor, why, where did you get that from? Well, look at verse number 9. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, Ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no what? Dealings with Samaritans. Um, all right, a couple points. Jesus is tired. You know how sometimes we get tired? It's like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, let me use myself. Y'all can pray for me. Uh, sometime I'm on an airplane, I'm tired. And, and shamefully, I would, you know, I'd be like, I really don't want to sit back. Somebody, somebody get beside me and they just want to talk. I'm like, I really don't want to do this. I need some peace and quiet. I don't, I, I don't want to talk because I'm tired. I just want to rest. But even in his tiredness, Jesus was seeking. He's watching. And he sees the woman coming with the water pot. See, they would come and they would come with these water pots. They had to collect water. And the women would often do that. And Jesus sees her. And, and he says to the woman, give me a drink. Now, if you read the passage of scripture, all the way to his conclusion, there's no evidence there that Jesus ever got to drink of water. Because he won't trying to get any water. He was trying to lead her to living water. So she says, watch this. So Jesus says to her, he sees her. He's thinking, here's an opportunity. He says, woman, give me a drink. Give me a drink. And, and she starts saying, well, first of all, she had to get over the fact that you're talking to me in Samaritan. I mean, no, that first of all, let me, let me say this, and I'm going to say it with all the conviction I can. Prejudice have no place in the kingdom. I don't care where you grew up at. I don't care what your experience is. I don't care. Prejudice have no place in the kingdom. Amen. Do you hear that? Amen. White, black, Jew, uh, Asian, uh, Indian, it doesn't matter. Let me tell you something. There are many people, I believe this, hear me. I believe there are a lot of people that we would be more effective in our evangelism if we even thought to share with people who are not like us, Amen. who don't look like us, 
who don't eat what we eat, who don't talk like us. Because some of us, in our experience, how many know if we come into the kingdom, we bring our experience with us into the kingdom? But how many know that when you come into the kingdom, you need to check it at the door? Yeah. You need to check your racism, your prejudice, you need to check it, but it ain't coming up in it? No. Jesus, how many know that, that, that Jesus, out of one blood, made all nations around the world? He made everybody out of one blood. And he made every person. And if you got a problem with prejudice, you know, you need to praise the Lord. Deliver me from that. Amen. But, but more than that, we need to be people say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If this, and I said before I use some crazy example, I said somebody that the most hated person, I didn't even say his name. I said, what if we had an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel with him? What would you do with it? Some of us be like, I don't know about that. Don't use that. I'm just saying Jesus is talking to a woman that he ain't supposed to be talking to. Culture says you don't talk to her. Look at her. She's a Samaritan. She's a half-breed. She's dirty. But not to one whose mission is to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you limit anybody who you share the gospel with at all? Or are you open? Will you even consider going outside of your comfort zones? To share the good news with folks that are not like you. Because I believe that there are a lot of people. But see, we got to be flowing with the Spirit. There are a lot of people that will come to know Jesus if we would open our mouth. Now watch this. Watch this. So this woman, Jesus began to tell her, he says to her, he says, uh, woman, uh, I'm going to give you water that will make you never thirst again. We don't have time to read it, but I want you to read it. He says, I will give you water that you will never thirst again. You know what she said? She said, oh, please, please give me that water because I'm tired of coming out here. But she did not understand what was happening. Jesus wasn't talking about physical water. But he used that physical water to express a spiritual truth. Now, so Jesus began now to speak prophetically into this woman's life. Begin to tell her about how many husbands she's got. And this woman is knocking. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And before that, Jesus even says to her, he says, look, he says to her, the water I give you, you will never thirst again. You know, there are people, you know, you know whenever you see people hurting people around you, you know what they are? They're thirsty. Everybody, people that hurt it, they're just, they're thirsty. And you and me have that living water. And we ought to be saying, look, I know you're looking for satisfaction. You know, they used to have a song back in the day, I'm dating myself again. I can't get no satisfaction. That really should be our national anthem. Because people look for satisfaction in all the wrong places. So what do we do? We get into bad relationships. We get involved in things we shouldn't get involved with. Because we, we're trying to find satisfaction and we're trying to fill that void with stuff that don't satisfy. And Jesus says, I come to give you that living water. And after Jesus began to witness to this woman and share the gospel with her, if you look at verse number 39, the verses leading up to verse 39, this woman says, you, you must be a prophet to know all this stuff about my life. But then this is what the Bible says, that this woman 
went out. Watch this. And she became an evangelist. Y'all, she didn't go to seminary. She didn't have a lot of Bible knowledge. She just went and told everybody, you, you, you need to come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. This got to be, you got to meet him. See, I mean, no. That all of us have the same opportunity. You know, when you bring people to church, you're not bringing people to church to meet a man. You're bringing people to church to meet Jesus, to be exposed to Jesus. You need to come and see how this man changed my life. And the Bible said, there was just her testimony. Her testimony was, she, that, that was her Bible verse. That was her sermon. Come see a man that told me everything I ever did. And the Bible said a whole city got saved. People started running because of what? This woman heard and she responded, now, now look at this, now watch this. How did it all get started though? Jesus was just sitting there, he was tired. He saw an opportunity and he opened his mouth. He was there. See? He was in the vicinity because he could have, you know how sometimes we really get tired? You know, we could find us a place with nobody bothering us. Right? Jesus could have went and found him a little place and just, I'm tired, I'm going to go somewhere where nobody can find me. He just kind of hung out by the well. <laughs> he was there. And because he was there, somebody's life got transformed. See, you're there every day. There is your office. There, oh, there is a soccer game. I don't have any kids. But well, maybe God, you ever thought, well, there's a bunch of sinners out there. Maybe you should just go out there and just get to meet some folk. Well, I don't have time. But well, what else are you doing? What's more important? Watch this. Jesus, he shares the good news of the gospel with this woman. She then, in turn, bring in many more people. By her testimony, I give you an example the men, for example, who came and gave their life to Jesus last week. The men, who, those who are here, you, you can go and do the same thing. You just go and just tell people. Amen. You don't have to have, you don't have to be deep. You don't have to be a theologian. Am I right about it, Jaime? You don't have to be a theologian. God will teach you as you go. As you're faithful, he'll teach you. He's just looking for some folk that want to be obedient. Not just people who want to get knowledge for the sake to say, I got knowledge, but knowledge that is exercised into transforming lives. Now, you know, now, now let me say this. How many of you know that uh, the, the Bible, the Bible tells us to hang out with or to associate with, probably a better word, to associate with um, immoral people? Y'all look at me like, oh, there you, Pastor, you, you going there. You're a heretic. You know, the Bible tells you to associate with immoral people. No, Pastor, you, you're wrong. Okay. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. Get there. Come on, get there with me real quick. You there? Start at verse number nine. Watch this. How many of you um, 
have great respect for the Apostle Paul. Amen. <laughs> okay, I just want to check. Y'all know he wrote like a third of the New Testament, right? You know, Paul got a lot of epistles. I mean, Paul, I would say, is the authority to the Gentiles because that was his primary ministry was to go and witness to the Gentiles. Gentiles are non-Jews. That's you, me, and those who, that's what Paul did. But look what Paul says. He says now, verse number nine. Are you there? Say amen. amen. I wrote to you in my epistle, talking to the Corinthians, not to keep company or associate with sexually immoral people. See, Pastor, there you go. I told you, Pastor, the Bible says you ain't supposed to do it. Because, you know, there's another place, bad company corrupts good morals. See, Pastor, I told you. Did you know that scripture, Pastor? No, let's, see what, let's keep reading this. He said, yeah. Everybody said, yeah. Yes. I certainly did not mean <laughs> with the sexual immoral people of this world. Whoa, whoa. So now he's checking it. He's saying, now, now wait a minute, wait a minute. But before you get too excited, he said, I wasn't talking about worldly people, people who don't know Jesus or people that are not saved. He said, I wasn't talking about them. Who, well, who is he talking about? Well, let's keep reading. Verse 10, uh, yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners. Now, now Paul, he, now he's taking it deeper. He, he's gone from sexual immorality. Look, he's gone from sexual immorality to covetousness, extortioners, or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. Okay, let me, let's, let's, let's do this. So what is Paul saying? Paul, say, Paul is saying, now, now, now look, I, I wrote you not to keep company with sexual immoral people, but, but not with sexual immoral people who are not saved, because if you don't want to keep company with them, then you need to pray that God take you home. He says, because he says, watch this, that you must then need go out of the world. Well, who was Paul talking to? But I have written in verse 11, verse number 11, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named that what? Uh-huh. Who is sexually immoral, covetous, or an idolater, or reviler, or a drunkard, or extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. Amen. So he says now, if they say they're saving their Christians, and they're acting crazy, don't even eat with them. Because you don't want them to think that it's okay for them to act like what they're doing. Amen. See, you got to call them on it, give them a chance to repent. But if they say, I ain't going to repent, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Then, 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 then he says, don't even eat with them. Because they're, they're, just, they're just messing stuff up. But it's interesting that the people of this world, he says, he wants us to associate with them. So what are you doing to associate with those people? Okay? How are we going to reach those people if we're not where those people are? How many of you want to be a church, a church that bringing in people and winning souls? Amen. Winning souls means that in order to win souls, you got to go be where they at. You got to go talk to them. You got to position yourself. How many know Jesus was positioned? He was in the right place. I believe that a lot of times we miss the blessing of God because we're not in the right place. Placement is very important in the kingdom. If you want, let me tell you something. That'll, that'll teach you a lot of stuff. It'll save you a lot of headache. You need to learn to be where God wants you to be. 
Whenever you get outside of where God wants you to be, it's going to be what? Trouble. So then nobody got an excuse. Nobody can sit back and say, well, wait a minute. I, 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 don't, I don't want to, uh, I, I, I don't want to have nothing to do with them. Then, then you, you missed what Paul is saying here. Let's take a, let's look at one more verse here. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Run over there with me. 1 Corinthians. Did I say 1 Corinthians chapter number 9? All right. <laughs> Look at verses uh, 9 through 11. I'm sorry, verses 9, verses 19 through 23. I had to say that right. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19 through 23. Watch this. This is Paul talking. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Stop right there. Paul said, look, I'm free. How many know that whom the son says free is what? Free indeed. You know, you are under grace. You, I mean, the wonderful, wonderful gift, that's a, that's a whole other series. But one of the best gifts that God gave us is, is, is the gift of grace. Not to sin. Because some people want to use grace as a license to sin. We ain't talking about that kind of grace. There is no such grace. But, 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 but God gives us grace to make decisions and to do things. And our preferences are not always the same. That's okay. But Paul says, I'm free from all men, but I have decided for the sake of winning more to be a servant of men. Paul says, in other words, Paul says, even though I don't really have to, I'm going to figure out a way to serve men so I can win them. Right? I'm going to figure out a way. Okay? They need me. Let's say, let me give an example. If you're on a, in a community and you have a homeowners association and there's a board and you're on it, you could, you know, you know, you could say, you know what, I'm going to figure out, I'm going to go to the board meetings and I'm going to participate and I'm going to figure out a way to serve and help people. Well, you may say, well, 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 wait a minute. Well, I ain't sharing the, well, well they got to make sure they're getting the gospel. Well, you are the gospel. The gospel is in you. When you show up, there's the gospel. When people are in your presence, they're around the gospel, the presence of God. Now, if you're walking with them. So everywhere I show up, I'm light. See, if you walk in your office, you change the atmosphere. See, I love it when I go to I go to work, I go out, and, and, and you know, and all of a sudden people want to start apologizing to me for cursing. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor, I'm sorry. I said, That's right. I, I don't say I don't say I don't say, but don't worry about it. But I said, thank you. Why? Because where I show up at, I bring the presence of God with me. And not in an arrogant way, but I bring the presence of God with me. And so then 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 I want to be light in darkness. And I want to be able to expose darkness so that that darkness can come to the light. So I'm in some dark, how many are in some dark places? Yeah. <laughs> Stop praying to God that he bring you out of it. Uh-oh, I just messed up some of y'all theology. Because you've been praying for a week, God, get me out of this job. Get me away from these crazy people. <laughs> get me away, get me away. God's been letting you stay there. I got one brother that's raised his hand. Uh, I believe God wants you to stay there because you're the only light that maybe you're the one that can help those crazy people. 
How many know the people that came up here last week and gave their life to Jesus? They were glad that somebody walked up to them and told them. Amen. They were happy. Thank you. If it means that I got to be embarrassed or ridiculed, so it. I'll take the hit. But I'm going to be light and darkness. So Paul says, you know what? I'm going to serve everybody. I'm going to, he said, I'm free, but I'm going to serve people. I'm only going to get to know them because at the end of the day, somebody will get right with God. Because I don't show up in the places. I don't even go to family outings. I'm always thinking of a, somewhere where I can interject the gospel. If it ain't nothing but just a conversation. If I just get me one who I get in a corner, my wife tell you, every time I have family outings, you know, at some point you're going to see me in a corner with somebody. And I want to talk. Amen. I want to talk to you. Amen. I ain't going to hit you across the head. I just want to have a talk with you, brother. How you doing? Now watch this. Watch this. Paul says this now. For though I'm free from all men, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, because he wasn't under the law, he was set free from it. He said, as under the law. In other words, I related to the people who were not like me. I'm not under the law, I'm free, but, but you know what? I got an understanding of who they are, so then that I could try to make some kind of connection whereby I could share this good news with them. So, so he says, as under the law, now watch this. He says, and to the Jews, I became a Jew that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law to those who are without the law as without the law, not being without the law toward God, but under the law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without the law to the weak. I became as weak that I might win the what weak. I have become all things to all men that I might that by that I might by all means save some. Not that, not, now this I do for the sake, for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker, partaker of it with you. Now watch, and this is, this is, we're closing. So understand something. Paul says, I become all things to all men. Now Paul did not say that he sinned like they sinned. Can we get, you know, can we agree on that? So Paul wasn't saying, when he said, I became all things to all men, he didn't say that, that, okay, okay, if you want to sin, brother, I'm with you, come on. No, 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 he didn't do that. But Paul figured out a way to connect. You know what? You like football. I like football, too. Who's your favorite team? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I like them, too. You know, I, I like the soul. You like the soul? Hallelujah. Or like Jesus. You know, Jesus, give me a drink of water. Give me some water. I'm thirsty. See? What, what, what? You, 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 oh, you like, you, like, you like the Red Sox? Oh, I love it. Oh, you love the Cowboys? My boy, what's up? Yeah! We could talk some Cowboys. I believe that Paul was saying, I become all things all men. Paul didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't stepping back and saying, no people, Paul figured out a way. Okay, what can I identify with? Because I, I, I need to share. I, I need. Okay, here's, here's, here's what I do. Uh, you know, that's what they like. I'm gonna go talk to them about that. And you know what? Paul says, "I'm gonna save me some. You ain't gonna save everybody. So don't get discouraged. I mean, no, you ain't gonna save everybody. Some people are gonna be a rebel until they, you know, expire. Ain't nothing you can do about that. Some folks are just gonna go where they wanna go. 
But you know what? If for every 15, 20, 30 people, 40 people that I share with and somebody get revelation light, whoop de doo I'm excited. The Bible says there's joy in heaven over one that repents. Over just one, there's joy in heaven. So why do I say all this? Because, see, we have an opportunity. <sighs> y'all knew I was setting y'all up right. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm going to set you up in a good way. Um, y'all, we got favor at this school. I mean, the principle, y'all, let me tell you something with God. How many know when you walk with God, he will bless you? Amen. I mean, when you walk with God, he will bless you. And uh, we got a key to this building. Okay. We got a key to the whole building. I can go anywhere I want to go in here. That's unheard of. I got the alarm code to this building. We got favor at the front desk. You met the lady at the front desk. And anything y'all want to do, come on and do it. There are hundreds of kids. You know if there are hundreds of kids, they represent hundreds of households. So we're going to have in May, Sister April will be coming up to some of y'all. She can say, can y'all help me a little bit? Because we're going to have a spring fast in May. And we're going to invite all the kids, parents, the teachers. They said, well, the lady told me, she said, oh, oh you, if you want to get the teachers involved, okay, then here's how you need to do it. Now, this is the lady at the public information office who are usually kind of indifferent toward religious people. She says, okay, if you want to do it right, here's how you do it. That way it'll get through. We have an opportunity. Our goal is to get a bunch of people out there. And our goal is to get every one of you involved. There'll be fun. There'll be all kind of wonderful things. But why are we doing what we do? And if I, can figure, if I can figure out a way to get them to where I am, I can preach. I can talk. I can expose. To share the good news of the gospel. Jesus was just what? There. You may come over there. You may not even have a responsibility. I'm just going to show. But there may be somebody. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? This woman with the issue of blood. She had a need. And y'all know that Jesus was really passing through there too because he was going to heal somebody else's daughter. And, and there was a woman that touched him. See, you know, if you're there in the right place, you're just there, there'll be, you never know who would touch you with a need. And they may tell you, you may just get to know them, you may just talk to them, say, how you doing, what's, what's the name of it? You know, and they may say, well, you know what? We was at the, uh, at the other building, I'll give you an example. So a woman came in, we used to give like food. We used to work with this other ministry that we would give food to these military families. Wonderful thing, we had, I don't know, maybe we had used on the weekend anywhere from, I don't know, 50, 60 families would come there to collect food. And there were times, and I remember there's one lady who just came. Now she's thinking, I'm just coming to collect food. And I told our people, I said, look, I said, I said to my wife and the Hubbards and, and everybody else who was involved, I said, look, we need to be there in case God decides to show up. Here comes a woman coming to get food. You know, she starts, and, and all of a sudden, we just start talking. So I don't know, I think it was my wife, a couple of people start talking to her. And then next time I look at her, she's crying. I'm like, what's going on? I mean, food, did they run out of food? What's wrong? She's crying. 
And she said, my husband just walked out on me. And she had five kids. Two of them were little babies in a, in a, right by my office. They were, they were like these babies who couldn't have been no more than three, two, three months old. Dad just walked out the night before. And they were there to pray with that woman and encourage her and share the gospel. But if nobody was there when they came, an opportunity missed. Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't sit back and complain. Not so for they complain. What are you doing? Get involved. Get in the game. Because there are people, all, I'm telling you, that if you're just where people are, if you don't get anything else out of the message this morning, just be where people are. Be where they are and share the love of God with them. Go to some activities. Go to a concert. Go to a movie. Go places. And have a good time, but while you're going, be praying that God use you. Because there may be a woman with an issue or a man who has an issue that may touch you. With a need and say, I need help. Can you help me? There may be a Zacchaeus that as you're going about your business that's hanging up in the sycamore tree, nobody paying any attention to him, but you just happen to be at the place and you look and you see somebody over there that look like they're hurting. I'm going to go talk to them. You have an opportunity. And I would love to see our church come together and do something big and win some souls for Jesus. Come on, get, get more hand claps than that. We ain't talking about, you know what? And if we got, if we got out there, let me, let me tell you something. Um, come up here, please. This is a faithful, this is a faithful brother. I love him. I, I almost like, I feel like I work you too much on Sunday. But, but, but it may be, let's just say it's 20, uh, let's just say 80, 90, 100 families out there represented. And we may only get just one that'll come to church, that'll get saved, or to get saved in the parking lot even better. Hallelujah. And come to church. And how many know that one would be worth it? How many know that that one? How many know he's worth it? Amen. Just one. And so, so y'all, do me a favor. Thank you, brother. Do me a favor. Talk to Sister April. She's gonna ask you. Don't leave that sister hanging. We're gonna get involved, and then I want y'all to be praying that God will, will listen to me. I, I really believe this, and this is why we this is why we have prayer on Sunday morning. Because I think they're in order for us as a people to understand where God has taken us, we need to pray together as a church. You know what I'm saying? So we can understand what's happening around us. So because God moves through his people, he's moved through his people. And, and so as we, as we prepare for this, I want you to really be praying that God will open hearts and that God will allow you to see all the Zacchaeuses and all the people that got issues. That God has opened your eyes so that we can help them because they'll be there. And how many know that they all, they, they, just because they look like they're good, don't mean they're good. The, check, the, the tax collector was rich, but that brother was hurting. Why else would he start saying, Lord, Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, he break down, start repenting. He's ready. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you so much, Father, for what you're doing. Um, God, we thank you, Father God, that you're working in our midst. If you've heard this word this morning, you haven't given your life to Jesus, please, please, I beg you, 
Give your life to him today. We, we, this is not games for us. I mean, we're about saving souls. We want this whole place filled up. We want every chair filled. We want to outgrow this auditorium. We, we want to get as many. We can never get enough because Jesus loves you that much. If you're here this morning and, and you're not right with God, don't let this moment slip by because you don't know if another's promise. If you're here this morning and you're not sure that if you die, you're going to go to heaven, then just slip your hand. We want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Is there one? We just want to pray with you. He loved you too much. In fact, he, he's, he's moving. He's been dealing with you. He's been speaking to you. Don't resist his voice. He loves you so much. Maybe you're a believer and, and you know in your heart of hearts that you're having you had a bad attitude about people. And you've been very, very judgmental. And you haven't responded the way you need to respond. And even on your job, you got to confess this morning that my heart hasn't been right. And, and, and that, that we haven't, we've been complaining more to God than being thankful. If that's you, slip up your hands. You want to pray with him? You know, we alter means change. We're just going to change what we think. Is there one that will say, you know what, I, I see that one hand. I, I, need, I, I need to get my life right. I, I, need, I need to have a different attitude towards sinners. It hasn't been right. And I want to confess, I want to get it right today. Is there one? Amen. And the one who raised a hand, just pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for not reaching out. Forgive me for not loving those who are unlovable or unlovely. Father, help me. Give me the grace to reach out. Help me, Father, to see those who are lost. Break my heart that I might cry for them, weep for them, until they see the love that you have for them. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, everybody stand up to your feet. I know we went a little long this morning. I apologize for that.